Benjamin Spall is the co-author of My Morning Routine. He's originally from England and has written for the New York Times, New York Observer, Entrepreneur Magazine, Business Insider, The Huffington Post, and many more. I'm glad you're here for another episode of The Burleson Box. My Morning Routine has been named one of Amazon's best business books of 2018 and was also named one of the Financial Times bestsellers. Featuring interviews with leaders like Arianna Huffington, General Stanley McChrystal, and Ryan Holiday, this book is an excellent guide to the early morning habits that can boost productivity and help you be a better leader for your organization. After reading the book, you'll have great tips and advice on how to create a morning routine of your own. I'm so excited to bring you this interview with Benjamin Spall. He's a brilliant author. Let's dig in to this episode of The Burleson Box. Dr. Burleson here. You've heard that real estate should be a part of every investor's portfolio, but maybe you're unsure where to start. My good friend and colleague, Dr. David Phelps, leads an investor community that has ditched the traditional Wall Street model for the stability of real estate assets. They are called Freedom Founders, and they do real estate really, really well. David's Freedom Blueprint reveals exactly how much you need to retire. Some of my top clients have done the program. They speak highly of David and his Freedom Blueprint. With the certainty of their passive real estate investments, Freedom Founders members are free to spend more time with family or even leave the practice altogether. David has put together some special resources for my listeners. To access, just text DUSTIN to 972-203-6960 or go to freedomfounders.com forward slash Burleson. Benjamin, thanks for being on the program today. Hey, you wrote a book uh, that quickly went to the top of the Financial Times list. Amazon listed it as one of the best business books of 2018. Uh, It's one of Business Insider's best business books to read this summer. Uh, It's absolutely brilliant. It's called My Morning Routine, and we're honored to have you here. Thanks for being on the program. Thanks for having me, Dustin. In the book, you get to interview... Sixty-four of some of the coolest people on the planet. <laughs> you've got Olympic gold medalists. You've got the co-founder of Twitter. Uh, you've got General Stanley McChrystal, uh, Ed Catmull, the president of Pixar and Disney Animation Studios, and one of my favorite authors, uh, Ryan Holiday, who's been a guest on this program. What was that like interviewing such incredible people? Yeah, well, uh, to be honest with you, I'd say about eighty percent of them were over email. So even though that was that was pretty exciting, that was still pretty cool. It wasn't as fun as a face to face interaction. But of the twenty percent, it was pretty amazing to you know get to speak on the phone with these people. Especially you mentioned Gen- uh, General Stanley McChrystal uh, to get that phone call from him and then sit and chat with him for about an hour. It was pretty surreal. And I always joke that after speaking with him, I'm never scared to speak with anyone on the phone ever again uh he was the night he was the nicest guy in the world but as you imagine it's kind of an intimidating phone call to have um but yeah honestly it was really amazing biz stone you mentioned uh, co-founder of twitter just like the friendliest person and actually i sent him a follow-up and <laughs> to get to uh, answer the questions and he immediately he was so apologetic he was like oh no i'm gonna get to those really quickly and then half an hour later this was during a weekday but half an hour later he got the answers back to me so uh yeah it was great to uh get to speak with these people and realize that, that m- most of them uh, you know they're just friendly nice people and uh yeah they just wanted to to tell me about their mornings. 
It's always been, yeah, eye-opening to me that, uh, you know, I think a lot of people think, you know, once I become successful, then I'll start sharing and giving. And the reality is people at the top of their field got to that position because they were sharing and giving. And it's always been amazing how, um, to me, shockingly open and uh, available they are to share all, all of their secrets. Yeah. Uh, what was that like? You know, so, you you know, you got to dig into kind of the personal lives of people that the average person really doesn't get to interact with. You know, was there anything that surprised you in in learning about their answers to your questions? Yeah, I would say the most surprising thing uh, was to me, and to be honest, we've actually had this, uh, we've had a website for coming on on six years now, uh, so that's kind of where the book came from. Uh, so I've been doing this a long time, but the most uh, surprising, I would say, thing along a lot, uh, throughout this time is just how routine people's mornings are. And that sounds kind of funny, given the title of the book, but it is surprising that people really do, you know, for the most part, do the same things every day. And uh, what's interesting is we have this line in the book that says that uh, none of the world's best and brightest leave their mornings to chance and this really isn't a coincidence uh, so even though many people will speak to people will say what is your morning routine and sometimes they'll say to us oh i don't have a routine but then so then i'll say okay but what do you do you know when you wake up in the morning and they'll list something and it'll be pretty consistent every day so many people feel they don't have a routine but they do really and what we found out that the most successful people they really they really do stick to it they really do except for you know when things go wrong Sometimes they really do stick to it as best they can. I'm curious if your morning routine changed at all after talking to some of these, you know, some of these people you interviewed. Yeah, so it has changed quite a lot. And it's kind of funny when I started the website. So I started the website in uh, 2012 with my co-founder and now co-author Michael Zander. And um, yeah, back then I was a freelance copywriter and I was really kind of, I continued my kind of flow from when I was in university. So I kind of get up late, you know, 10 a.m. or something and just kind of fall into the day. I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't, you know, meditate. I wouldn't work out. I wouldn't do anything productive per se. I would just kind of fall into it. And since then, it really has changed. I'm not as dramatic as some people. I'm not as dramatic as my crystal he gets up at 4 a.m i certainly don't do that um but it has changed i tend to get up more like 7 a.m now and i'll always i'll come into the kitchen and i'll kind of meditate for 10 minutes i'll do some jumping jacks i'll do something to kind of get the blood pumping and uh one thing which is actually a big change that has occurred only within the last couple of years and it was through hearing this advice time and time again from people we interviewed is i now keep my phone in the kitchen overnight on airplane mode and basically i used to always have it right by my bedside so i would wake up i would immediately start you know flicking through instagram going through twitter and email and it was a really terrible way to start the day so many people we spoke with they noticed this as well and i finally took up the advice after a year or two of hearing it and i now keep my phone in the kitchen and then i don't check it until kind of after breakfast when i'm looking to leave the house and the great thing about that is it really allows me to be more present in the morning. I can sit with my wife. I can have breakfast with her. We can talk about the day. But we're not talking about, you know, what email we've just seen or something that's kind of got us rattled that we're going to have to deal with when we get to work. Yeah, I, I, I love the quote from Ariana Huffington that, you know, her routine is really about what she doesn't do. And she's another one who doesn't check her phone first thing. I read a statistic somewhere that I think half of the population is checking their phone in the middle of the night. So I love that you just kicked it out of the bedroom. I think that's brilliant. Exactly right, yeah. <laughs> I, I was one of those people back in the day, uh, six, seven years ago, I remember doing that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, I guess it's about being intentional, right? And I really was impressed by General McChrystal's you know, running habit mm -hmm. and him and his wife and how they run and then meet up with their kids. And it's so consistent and so intentional. You know, you've definitely built a following, right? You've got over 10,000 subscribers to the book website. It's really a community, 
right? Talk about why you think this is resonating with our culture. Yeah, so it's interesting. We just started out kind of, you know, when we started the website, we were just interviewing friends because we, you know, we didn't know who else to interview. So we're just interviewing people we knew. And then it really grew slowly. So I say this to people often if they're talking about, you know, if should they quit their job to follow this dream to do this project? Um, for me and Michael, we really just had it as a side project for such a long time. It really, um, you know, every week we would put a few hours into it and we would interview a new person, put them on the website. But it was kind of an organic, slow growth. And it was only what were it, maybe three years ago now that we started to interview bigger names that like we interviewed Aria Huffington back then. We interviewed definitely more well-known people and that kind of put us into like a bigger sphere. And then when we did get the book deal, they of course helped. Like for example, Gem, uh, General Crystal, he is with uh, my publisher so we could get introduced that way. Um, but no, it's, be, it's been really great. And the, what we found is that routines are really important to people and that it really is the little things that you do every single day that kind of help impact your growth and shape who you are. And people recognize that when they come to our website, people recognize that they're not just reading, you know, like how they're not necessarily just reading how people go about their day. They're really reading how people handle their day, how people handle their lives and the routines and habits that can make or break them over time. Yeah. I mean, I, I see the book everywhere. So if you're, you know, if you're just tuning in or you're got this running in the car or playing at the gym, uh, we're talking with Benjamin Spall. He's the author of uh, my morning routine. It's a brilliant book. It has thousands and tens of thousands of followers throughout the world. And really I see it everywhere. I, you know, I love reading about people that are at the top of their game, right? And certainly now as a best-selling author, you're one of those. You alluded to that your morning routine has changed a little bit. Um, can you talk about some results you've kind of achieved? Maybe, you know, being a best-selling author, I mean, that's a very unique position and a rare and incredible accomplishment. What, I mean, what advice have you actually put into place to help you with your copywriting. Yeah, no, it's interesting because a lot of what I do, I do for like for clients and stuff when I do copywriting, it really didn't come into play so much during the book phase or that did for certain parts, like, you know, choosing a subtitle and such, but it more came into play afterwards when I was promoting the book, when I was like writing articles um, to help, you know, get the, to get the word of the book out there. But the book itself, it was actually quite different from a typical nonfiction book in that because there were so many interviews in it, a lot of it was just admin to begin with. So a lot of it was just contacting people, you know, getting in touch with people, having these phone calls, having these email exchanges, and just really speaking with so many people. I think we do have the actual number somewhere, but I think we spoke to close to 600 people um, just to you know see who would like to be interviewed, see who wouldn't, see if we can get them into the book on time. And it really was a massive project of culling the size of it. So I think the book is a it's a pretty standard nonfiction, 260 odd pages, um, but it was it was at least double that at some point, and we really just had to. We had to cut people. We had to trim routines down. So a lot of it, apart from the over to you sections, which are the end of each chapter, where I do write kind of details on how you can implement the advice you've just read. But apart from those sections, a lot of it was editing work, admin, and really just kind of figuring out how a book of this type uh, goes together. Yeah, I love, uh, I'm a fan of Stephen King. He's got a book called On Writing, where he shares details on his process. One of those is, you know, find a room where you can it has a door you can lock right? <laughs> his routine is to not be disturbed and i couldn't imagine the amount of uh, time that goes into editing and getting a book that's this uh this well written and this successful completed so congratulations it's it's absolutely fantastic well, a lot of the people listening to this you know are doctors they're managers in a healthcare practice or they're leaders in kind of small to medium-sized businesses what would you tell them if they're curious and they're interested in changing or being more intentional with their morning routine, but just aren't quite there yet. 
Yeah, so I get asked this question a lot and people often come up to me and they say, how can I improve my morning routine? And it got to the point where I was like sensing this pattern. So I started asking, what time do you go to bed? And you know, how much sleep do you typically get a night? And I quickly found that people were getting sometimes just five, maybe five and a half, six hours of sleep a night. So I quickly said to them, I was like, you can't really improve your morning routine that much if you're not getting enough sleep the night before. And this really rings true. And it rings true when we interview people, when we speak with people, because you can try everything I mentioned in the book. You can try meditating, you can work out, you can you know, work on a side project, anything that you want to put into your mornings, you can do that. But if you're really not getting enough sleep, if you're not getting that time to kind of refresh and you know, get past the day that's just gone, you're really going to struggle to enjoy your mornings and get the most out of them. Now, a quick word from our sponsor. Are you trying to increase your treatment plan close rates while also increasing revenue? How can you do both for your dental practice without burning out an already burdened staff? The answer? Remote dental monitoring. You need a trusted HIPAA-compliant app that helps you and your staff work smarter, not harder. This needs to be an easy-to-use, easy-onboard app that your patients will find fun to use and will increase their engagement and success with aligners. You need the InHand Dental app. The InHand Dental app allows you to engage with your patients in real time, send individual and batched messages, and solve problems to increase compliance without using up chair time. The result? Happy patients, happy staff, and happy practices. With more revenue and the ability to do more starts. With prices starting as low as $149 a month, it's perfect for a growing aligner business. Check us out and learn more at InHandDental.com. Plus, mention Burleson for a 20% off discount on your subscription when you contact us. That's InHandDental.com. And now, back to the program. Yeah, I thought it was fascinating looking at some, you know, trends amongst the most successful people coming out of like Silicon Valley, you know, and the the new like luxury thing is getting seven or eight hours of sleep. Because <laughs> <Right>. years <laughs> ago, you know, we used to pride ourselves on, on working ourselves to the bone. Um, and, and that's a consistent theme in the book. I think if you look at certainly like, you know, General Stanley McChrystal, you know, I think he's in bed at like eight o'clock or nine o'clock at the latest. That's right. And um, have you seen that in your own life? Have you have you transitioned to getting more sleep? I have. I actually I, I write in the book that I am more of a I'm not exactly a morning bird, but I like to get up earlier. And my wife is certainly a night owl. So we struggle with that. And we definitely go to bed a little bit later than I would like and a little bit earlier than my wife would like. Um, and that is a struggle between couples. That's something that just does come up. But I, I certainly I try my best to get to bed as early as I can because I do feel that when I sleep a little bit early in the night, if I go to bed at 10 versus going to bed at midnight, um, even if I sleep the same number of hours, I do feel more refreshed in the morning. Um, but that yeah, sleep is just a massive part of my life. It's such an important uh, element of all of this for me. And we have a whole chapter in the book dedicated to sleep. And it was actually going to be a much bigger chunk of the book, but we figured that um, Ariana Huffington kind of has that market covered right now. Um, but if anyone is interested in more about sleep, I would definitely recommend reading a book called Why We Sleep by uh, Matthew Walker. He is a scientist at UC Berkeley. And honestly, it's a great book. And it just really gives you it really, we, we know why we should, we should sleep. We know why sleep is important, but the book really helps you underline that and really think, oh, I really do need to get enough sleep. 
Yeah, it's a great book. And and I probably latched onto this maybe five or 10 years ago. I used to be one that, you know, would try to get as much done <laughs> in the time allotted. So I was up early, staying up late, you know, drinking way too much caffeine. Right, right. <laughs> and I, like you and, and others in the book, um, have found that, you know, if, if I actually make an in, intentional effort uh, to get, for me, at least six or seven and a half hours of sleep and pay attention to REM cycles, it's totally changed my productivity. And I think it's a great, great piece of advice and great, great book recommendation. I know you said you keep the phone out of the bedroom. You don't check it first thing in the morning. Have you used any tools uh, to help like figure out REM cycles or anything, any advice you can give there? Yeah, I did. I had a Fitbit back in the day and I would track my sleep. Um, I don't do that anymore. Uh, to be honest, it, it was pretty consistently if my Fitbit told me I'd slept poorly, if it told me I'd slept well, that would be, you know, I would feel that I would know that difference. So I don't use it, but I, I definitely recommend people trying stuff like that out just to get in, get some insight into their sleep. And especially if you have any, you know, sleep disorder or something in that um, sphere, that's not exactly what I'm talking about. I'm more talking about just, you know, struggling with sleep normally. But um, yeah, it's definitely as, as it is with like tr- uh, tracking your workouts and stuff, it is a very interesting um, element of your life to track and definitely something you want to keep on top of. Yeah, I mean, I I just used a simple, you know, kind of REM app to try to figure out if I was sleeping, you know, right. a full 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, it's been just transformational for me. Um, again, in, in the book, My Morning Routine, you interview 64 of the most successful people on the planet from gold medalists to presidents of huge companies and great authors and creative people. Um, we spoke earlier about some things that maybe surprised you and how open and honest they were sharing, you know, intimate details of their morning routines. Um, what are some areas or some themes you saw that uh, resonate with all of your subscribers? There's just thousands of people following you online. You know, do you see a direct connection? In other words, what I'm getting at, can the average person you know, do this? Is this something we can all do? They really can. And a point that we make like right in the very introduction of the book is we want this to be easy and simple, and we don't want it to be overly prescriptive. So nowadays, there are a lot of books and there are a lot of articles that tell people that you have to get up at 5am, you have to work out in the morning, you have to do this, you have to do that. But we really didn't want this book to be that we wanted it to be something where you could dip into it and get some ideas and experiment and try it out. But don't feel like this is the one way that you have to do it to be productive to be an early riser and all that. So what we do talk about is really starting out small with everything you try. So we do talk, if you uh, take meditation, for example, instead of saying, you know, Monday morning, every day this week, I'm going to meditate for half an hour. That is going to be really tough to stick with, especially if you haven't really meditated before. So we say just meditate for five minutes, just meditate for 10 minutes, and just see how that goes. And if at the end of a week, at the end of two weeks, you feel like you want to increase that length of time, you feel like you really enjoyed it and you want to do it more, then by all means, increase that length. And if by the end of that time, you feel like you want to do it less, or you just want to drop it, that's the same. And the same is true for working out, or if you want to start a running routine, if you say you're going to run a mile every single morning, but you don't normally run, that is actually something that you're going to struggle to stick to, as opposed to just saying, I'm going to run around the block, I'm just going to run to this, you know, not too far away point. And so just keeping stuff small, is a really great way to kind of dip into the book, dip into having a morning routine without burning out in the process. Yeah, I think that's really smart advice for people who are trying to get into a real uh, consistent routine or what you might call a habit. What are your thoughts on, you know, forming new habits? Because I've read research all over the place on how long it takes. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people are intimidated by what you mentioned 
And that, you know, like, oh, I have to meditate for a half an hour right. every day. And then three days in, you know, they drop it. Yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts on forming a habit? No, it's funny you ask that because actually the reason I started this website back, uh, you know, six years ago is because I read The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. And that is just a great book to tell, you know, how we make habits, how the best way we can try and break habits. Uh, so I would definitely recommend that to your listeners. Um, but yeah, I... We in the book we do mention I think in the conclusion that you know just try something out for a week or two maybe three weeks we didn't give any defined periods sometimes people say twenty one days you know we didn't really go down the defined route with that uh, we just suggested that people do experiment with things and even if it's something that you you're not sure if you enjoy but you've been thinking about it for some time just give it a go and then give it a real shot um, but if at the end of that period you're really not enjoying it then it's fine to drop it. Yeah, I mean that we're just most of us don't pay enough attention to our bodies or to, you know. I mean, listen, if you if you try doing something and and your body's telling you this is this not working, right? Just listen to it. Yeah, <laughs> right? no, I, I can't like, tell you how many- know, a hard thing for me. I loved uh, the interview with Ryan Holiday because mm-hmm. he's one of my favorite authors. And I think he's really smart, but you know, I, I struggled with being like super productive in the morning. And then giving myself the freedom to just kind of relax the rest of the day. And and I think he does that a lot. Mm-hmm. He gets done mm-hmm. – most of us work in the morning. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, no, we interviewed him a couple of times. We interviewed him three or four years ago. And then we came, we went back to him for this book because I knew that he just had a baby or his wife had, had a baby. So we wanted to kind of incorporate that into how his routine had changed. But it, it was interesting. Yeah, he's definitely one of those people who he works really hard in the morning, I think up to about 11 or 12. And then the rest of the day, he either works on his ranch if he's at home or he'll, um, I think he, while he's working, he'll often do interviews on the phone and such, but he'll be doing less kind of sitting down at the computer work. And I personally, I am also in that vein. Like I do my best to continue working a little bit in the afternoon, but my afternoons are definitely much harder for me to concentrate, which to be honest is often why I schedule interviews in the afternoon because then I'm kind of forced to concentrate. I'm kind of forced to get into the mode of, you know, doing my work, whereas otherwise I might just be all over the place. Um, So that does change for certain people. And even though, you know, our book is called My Morning Routine, we have interviewed a few people who definitely say that they are evening people and they work really hard in the evening, but they don't get up until, you know, 10 or 11 a.m. And that works for them. Um, But I I feel many more people, even if we don't mean 4 a.m., we're thinking more 7 a.m., many more people would really benefit from at least trying to get the majority of their work done in the morning and just see how that feels for the rest of the day. Yeah, I think it's it's, it's interesting and it's a really neat point you said in that, you know, if if you if you're most productive at night, right, you know, and your morning starts differently, you know, most of us grew up in a culture where like our grandparents, you know, if you if you slept in past 9 a.m., that was like criminal (laughs) it's like it was just unheard of Uh, but you know early in my career i would stay up really late uh, working on lectures for the residents i teach and nowadays right i i find myself more productive in the morning and it's it's transition um but when i first started that it's funny like i would feel bad if at like two in the afternoon i was just done right and i wanted to go like watch a movie I'd always take like my nicest car. So people didn't think I was like broke and like losing. <laughs> so, um, yeah. You know, the, the advice you gave is so valuable in that if there's a period of your day where, you know, you're likely to just mindlessly browse Instagram or just tone out, force yourself to schedule something difficult Yeah, in that time period, something that forces you to focus. I think that's really, really, really uh, smart advice. 
Yeah, and I definitely do that. Um, talk about, I know you spent I mean, pretty, pretty much years writing the book. Is that, is that correct? I, we spent, yeah, so the website we've had for six years. I think writing the book was about a year and a half to two years. And uh, within the book, like you've mentioned, we have uh, 64 interviews. And approximately half, a little under half, are from the website, many of which have been kind of updated. Um, but then the others were new, and we had to, like, you know, do, get all those ready, you know, interview people, and then, like, really break them down. So, yeah, it, it was a long uh, process, as books often are. But like I said, this is kind of a what we the back and forth. It was a little bit different to just sitting down and writing a nonfiction book. Yeah, I mean, it's an incredible feat. If you think about the sustained focus over six years with a co-author – Talk about that. How did you guys meet? You know, what was the history behind before the six years? Yeah, so Michael, he um, he's German. I'm from the UK. I now live in the US. Um, he came to me with this. He said he'd been coming to me for, with ideas for about six months before we started the website. And I should look back on those emails. Actually, I don't remember what they were. But I, I remember I, I passed on every idea up to that point. And then when he came to me with this idea for kind of uh, interviewing people, just what they do in the morning. We didn't even have the vocabulary to say morning routines at that point. But, you know, the, what they do first thing in the morning. And it, it was around that time that I just finished the uh, Power of Habit book by Charles Duhigg that I just noted. Um, so I really love that idea. And so we really started out small. We just wanted it to be a simple thing. I think we put the website together in a couple of weeks and put it up with a couple of friends' interviews, as I noted. And, yeah, it's just from from there, it just grew. And it kind of, like I said, it was a slow burn. But once, uh, once Penguin got in touch with us about writing a book that's when we really kind of sat down sensibly and were like okay we need to uh give this the best shot we can possibly give it yeah everyone i've given the book to and if you're listening to this you're receiving a copy of the book from us as our gift to you as a member and everyone i've given it to has come back with you know things they've scribbled in the margins ideas everyone has has a takeaway from it which is really unique because a lot of times i'll read a book and you know it was interesting it was entertaining and maybe you didn't get a lot out of it uh, you know i joke with clients that Often I'll take, you know, the best 12 pages of a book and <laughs> tear them out of the book and then throw the book away. Awesome. Um, I'm proud to report I didn't tear a single page out of it. It's, it's fully intact. Have you, I mean, I know you've got a lot of feedback on the website and you had that even before the book. Um, How's that change your life? I mean, why are you are you coaching, consulting? Are you still writing? Like, kind of, what's next? What's on the horizon? Yeah, it's been pretty great. I think the greatest part for me is, as a writer, it's giving me a lot of opportunities to write for different publications. In pro, you know, to promote the book. So actually, as we speak, I had my first piece for the New York Times go out today, which was pretty amazing. Uh, that was a long process in itself. That was about two years of back and forth to get that out there. Um, but I'm also I'm doing speaking gigs, and I'm I'm even been going to speaking classes to kind of uh, improve that because you know many of us aren't born as speakers it's something that doesn't come to many of us naturally especially for introverts as i am so actually being able to have these opportunities to speak with people to write it's been it's been really fantastic that's huge congratulations on the new york times piece i can possibly imagine uh, yeah that's a that's a huge feat and one of my favorite publications um do you have any uh teachers or mentors in your life that if you went back to them and say, Hey, I just got published in the New York times, they would say, what? <laughs> um, I don't anyone in particular, but I definitely have uh, university lecturers or people I used to work with. They occasionally they'll send me photos. This is back in the UK. They'll send me photos of they'll notice someone reading my book on the, like the London underground or something. And that's, uh, that's always really fun. Yeah. I know anytime, usually it's family. Right. They're like, why, how did you become famous <laughs> overnight? Like how did this, you know, a lot, a lot of work, six years of, of building the website and, uh, and an incredible effort in the book. Um, I know our time eventually is going to kind of start to wind up. I want to make sure you get a chance to let people know how to find you 
on your website or find you wherever you might want to recommend them. You give some great book recommendations. I'll include those with the packet you get with this. Uh, but tell us, you know, where we can find you and when, yeah, what's next. Yeah, so what's next is I'm just, you know, still working on getting the word of the book out there. And on our website, which is uh, mymorningroutine.com, uh, every week we're still publishing a new person. So that's every single Wednesday a new one comes on. We c- you can sign up to our email uh, list and then you'll get that every single week. Uh, and you can find me personally at benjaminspall.com. And I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at at benjaminspall. Fantastic. Benjamin, the book is amazing. It's it's a gift to anyone that wants to be more productive, or that wants to understand why uh, maybe they haven't been as intentional uh, with their morning routines. And I want to thank you for writing it, and thank you especially for yeah, being thanks here. Thanks for having program. me, Dustin. This has been great. Thanks. You've been listening to another episode of The Burleson Box, where we bring you and your team leaders into the conversation with today's best authors and business leaders. If you enjoyed the program, please be sure to share us with a friend or colleague. You can visit theburlesonbox.com and sign up to receive my monthly reading list, study guides for each of the books and authors we interview, or give us a call at 1-800-891-7520. And we can talk about how a Burleson Box membership, monthly coaching, and our annual leadership conference can work for you and your team leaders. Please be sure to listen each month for new resources that will help you and your employees serve your patients with excellence. And until next time, remember the words of Jules Renard who said, When I think of all the books still left for me to read, I am certain of further happiness. Go and make it a great month. I'll see you right here next time on The Burleson Box. When's the last time you evaluated your credit card processing statement? Our partners at Stacks are offering a free savings analysis for our listeners, where they will actually take your merchant statement with your current processor and show you where you're overpaying. Stacks has saved orthodontics practices over 40% per month on payment processing costs. So don't wait. Get your free savings analysis today and see how much you're overpaying for your credit card processing. Go to StacksPayments.com forward slash Burleson dash seminars to schedule your savings analysis today. Plus, as a special offer for our podcast listeners, if you sign up today, you can get your first two months of payments processing costs waived from Stacks. Once again, that's StacksPayments.com forward slash Burleson dash seminars. Stop overpaying. Start saving.